Part 6, Chapter 19, Thursday, February 28th. Conference Room D is our largest and nicest conference room. Evelyn leads Stephanie and I there now, and we find Sharon and three other individuals already seated at the long rectangular conference table. Two sit together on one side of the table and are likely the detectives. The third sits at the end of the table near Sharon, and I recognize her immediately. My heart beats rapidly as Evelyn starts the introductions. Raymond, Stephanie, these are Detectives Rose Vasquez and Patrick Duggan. The two sitting together stand up and shake our hands across the table. I manage a pleased to meet you, but my mouth is dry. Evelyn moves on to our third guest. And this is Deputy Inspector General Vera Wong from the Department of Investigation. My heart is pounding now because Vera Wong, DOI, is the woman in the trench coat. DOI, of course. I instinctively hold my breath and wait for her lead. She catches my eye and smiles. Then she looks at Stephanie, nods, and says, Pleased to meet both of you. I nod back and exhale, relieved, but also curious. Evelyn sits across from the detectives. I sit next to Evelyn and place my binder on the table. Stephanie sits on the other side of me and starts clicking her pen. Detective Vasquez begins. Thank you for sending us your audit materials and for meeting with us today. She has a thick folder in front of her, likely printouts from the thumb drive that we sent. You're most welcome. My voice is still weak, so I clear my throat to mask it. I look directly at Detective Vasquez and resist the urge to look at the end of the table. We spoke to Evelyn and Sharon on Monday, and they told us about your audit, including your most recent meetings with Jocelyn Jones and L. Lawrence. Yes, my voice is stronger now. I breathe slowly and will my heart to return to a reasonable pace. You both know, of course, that Jocelyn Jones was murdered over the weekend. Evelyn told us, yes. Detective Vasquez nods. We'd like to get some background first. Raymond, how long have you been an auditor for the city? Nearly 20 years. And are you a CPA? Of course. Detective Vasquez smiles. The other detective smirks and writes in a notebook. And Stephanie, your title is contract analyst. Stephanie swallows. Um, yes? And how long have you been with the city? Seven months? I, I mean, seven and a half months? Detective Vasquez smiles again. And you were working together on the Hell No audit? Yes, but I'm the lead. My voice is confident again. I feel Vera Wong watching me from the end of the table, but she doesn't speak. Detective Vasquez continues. And you were dealing primarily with Jocelyn for the Hell No audit. That's correct. What was Jocelyn's role at Hell No? She was supposedly their director of finance. Supposedly? Detective Vasquez tilts her head to the side. The male detective smirks again and looks up from his notebook. That was her title, yes. But her skills were limited. How so? She was not a CPA. Despite myself, I glance quickly at the end of the table. Vera Wong looks back amused. 
I turned to the detectives. She did not understand our audit questions, and we had to follow up multiple times for her responses. The materials she sent were disorganized and incomplete, and some appeared fraudulent. Detective Vasquez tilts her head again. Fraudulent how? Some of the restaurant receipts contained obvious spelling errors. For example, restaurant was spelled wrong, and salmon was spelled S-A-M-I-N. Everyone laughs. I look at the end of the table again for longer this time. Vera Wong looks back, her eyes gleaming. Detective Vasquez continues. Do you think Jocelyn made the fraudulent receipts? I'm not sure, actually. I pause, considering. We were auditing the contract from two years ago, and Jocelyn didn't work at Hell No then. They used an accounting firm called Taylor & Associates. But I believe Jerome Taylor, the accountant from that firm, was Jocelyn's ex-husband. The detectives exchange glances with each other, and then with Vera Wong. Detective Vasquez raises her eyebrows slightly and turns back to me. Why do you think that? I am careful in my response. I saw Jocelyn's obituary, and it mentions that she is survived by Jerome Taylor, her former spouse. I also saw some old emails with our office from Jerome Taylor. I open my binder and pull out a copy of Terry's email from Jerome Taylor. I show it to Evelyn first, and then slide it across the table to Detective Vasquez. Detective Vasquez reads the email and hands it to her partner. Now Evelyn and Sharon exchange glances, but they are silent. Detective Vasquez continues. And you confronted Hell No about the fraudulent receipts? Yes, we did when Hell No came to our office. What was Jocelyn's response? She was impolite at first, which was typical. Can you explain that? Jocelyn was very discourteous throughout the audit. Her tone was unpleasant. I smiled tightly. In one email, she attached a photo of herself, gesturing rudely, as her response to our audit questions. M may she rest in peace, of course. The detectives exchange glances again, and this time the man speaks. That's very interesting. Can you tell us more about that? There's not much to tell, really. We asked her to respond to our outstanding questions, and that was a response. I believe you have the email. We saved it onto the thumb drive. But... She also told us that she had sent the attachment in error. Did you believe her? I did not, but nor did it matter. She still sent it to someone. He looks at his partner and nods. Then Detective Vasquez pulls out a photo from her folder and slides it across the table. I look down, shocked by the image, and I feel my adrenaline surge. Stephanie lets out a loud gasp. Detective Vasquez smiles. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to alarm you, but when we found Jocelyn, her middle finger was severed. Don't you think that's strange? Stephanie gasps again and interrupts. But why? Is that a gang thing? Did L. Lawrence do that to Jocelyn? The male detective responds. You know, we wondered that too, to be honest. But it turns out he has a very good alibi. He pulls up a picture on his phone. It is L. Lawrence in a tuxedo, smiling and standing between the mayor and the Brooklyn Borough President. This was taken at a gala Saturday night, right around the time that Jocelyn was killed. 
Stephanie stares again at the gruesome photo of Jocelyn's hand. Detective Vasquez takes the photo back and places it in her folder. Then she turns to me. Can you think of any reason that someone would have severed Jocelyn's middle finger? My heart beats rapidly still, but my voice is strong. Yes, actually. Have you seen her Facebook page? I pull up Jocelyn's page on my phone and hand it to the detectives. If you scroll through, you will see dozens of photos of Jocelyn extending her middle finger. She seemed partial to that pose. Now Vera Wong laughs wickedly from the end of the table. I turn to her, surprised, but then I laugh too. Soon everyone is laughing but Stephanie. Detective Vasquez hands me back my phone. Well, thank you, Raymond. That's helpful. But just curious. How much time did you spend on Jocelyn's Facebook page? I freeze for a moment, but I quickly recover and do my best imitation of a casual shrug. Jocelyn made her page visible to the public. And besides, it was necessary. One of our findings was that Hell Knows board members all seemed to be related to L. Lawrence and to each other. And to Jocelyn, too. Jocelyn was not forthcoming in answering these questions, so I tried confirming through other means. Detective Vasquez considers this, and then nods. How is Jocelyn related to the board members? Jocelyn's sister is Letitia Jones Lawrence, one of the board members. Letitia Jones Lawrence is married to Henry Lawrence, the board treasurer. Henry Lawrence is also L. Lawrence's brother. The male detective is writing quickly, so I wait for him to catch up. And according to Jocelyn's obituary, Henry Lawrence and Patricia Lawrence live in Charlottesville, Virginia, so I'm not sure how active they are as board members for a Brooklyn-based organization. Detective Vasquez raises her eyebrows and smiles. And you got all of this from Jocelyn's Facebook page? Actually, no. Jocelyn confirmed some of the relations when we met with her, but she did not tell us that Jerome Taylor was her ex-husband. You should see that in the backup I gave you. She nods again. So what do you think was going on with the board members? I pause, careful with my answer. We found large cash transactions, both deposits and withdrawals, that were suspicious. We know that their last accounting consultant was related by marriage to the board members. We also know that Jocelyn, their director of finance, was both a family relation and a disaster in her role. May she rest in peace. So at the very least, there was ample opportunity for L. Lawrence to steal from the organization. Our audit findings all point to a material weakness of internal controls. Sorry, material weakness? It is the most serious category of audit finding. We found that Hell Knows accounting practices were deficient. As such, there was a reasonable possibility that a material misstatement of the financial statements would not be prevented or detected in a timely manner, including fraud. Interesting. She pauses. Did you find any direct evidence that L. Lawrence was stealing? Evelyn gives a warning glance, but allows me to continue. We did not. We found some irregularities, but nothing concrete. And how about Jocelyn? Did you find anything to suggest that she was stealing from the organization? I raise my eyebrows imperceptibly. As I said, we were auditing the contract from two years ago, and Jocelyn didn't work there then. But her ex-husband did. 
Now Evelyn intervenes. Let's take a step back, please. This all started as a standard audit. We found some irregularities, which we disclosed. But our audit is not complete, and Hell No hasn't fully responded yet. Understood. Detective Vasquez turns to her partner, nods, and then turns back to me. Well, thank you. This has been very helpful. Is there anything else you think we should know? Um, yes? We all turn to Stephanie. She turns the color of a cherry popsicle, but continues. Um, Jerome Taylor? From Taylor and Associates? He was married to Jocelyn, but he may also be related to someone at City Hall? Detective Vasquez looks genuinely surprised. Really? How so? Well, the email that Raymond gave you before from Jerome Taylor? It said that he was copying Joshua Taylor of City Hall? Evelyn glares first at me and then at Stephanie and holds the glare for a moment. Then she transforms her face into an apologetic smile and addresses the detectives. Sorry, but that may be a coincidence. We haven't looked into that at all. The detectives exchange glances again with each other and then with Vera Wong. Vera Wong smiles gleefully and says, Thank you, Stephanie. That really is quite helpful. And now we are done. Detective Vasquez closes her folder and her partner closes his notebook. They both stand, put on their coats, and hand us each their business cards. Vera Wong stands next and I see her trench coat draped over the back of her chair. She pulls it on and I feel a small stirring. Raymond, Stephanie, it was very interesting meeting both of you. I hope we will meet again. She looks directly at me as she says this, but she gives us both her card. Sharon walks the visitors to the door, and Evelyn stays back with me and Stephanie. Evelyn doesn't speak at first, but having worked for her for seven years, I know that she is furious. Chapter 20 Sharon returns to the conference room alone and closes the door behind her. It's just the four of us now, so Evelyn stands up and moves the chair across from me and Stephanie. Sharon stands at the end of the table. Evelyn addresses Stephanie first and speaks in a low, constrained voice. Stephanie, while I appreciate your enthusiasm and your attention to detail, I should not be hearing information about our vendors for the first time in front of police detectives and the Department of Investigation. Stephanie's face crosses with genuine confusion. But I, I thought you knew. You were copied on the email? Evelyn holds up her hand and continues. Especially if that information reveals a possible connection between one of our vendors and City Hall. Stephanie surprisingly stands her ground. But Terry said that DOI had already asked us about Taylor and Associates and that you knew that? Evelyn's eyes narrow at the mention of Terry. That was several years ago. As I told Raymond already, DOI thought that Taylor and Associates may have had a familial relationship to one of Hellno's board members. It seems now they were right but there was no finding at the time, and they never once mentioned City Hall. 
Stephanie looks at her perplexed. I I'm sorry, but the email from Jerome Taylor, it said he was copying Joshua Taylor of City Hall, and you were also copied? Evelyn's face flashes with anger, but her voice remains low. Please understand, Stephanie, that we have over 400 vendors, and I receive well over 200 emails a day. I cannot be expected to remember the details of every email, especially one from several years ago. Her voice grows louder now. It is also quite common for Terry's vendors to copy City Hall because Terry is often months late in paying his vendors. Stephanie looks down now, realizing her error. I step in and say what I know Evelyn wants to hear. We're sorry. It won't happen again. But Evelyn isn't done. She turns to me, eyes gleaming. And you, Raymond. Exactly how much time did you spend cyber-stalking Jocelyn? My heart is pounding again, and I wonder how much she knows. I hold her gaze but I do not respond. She decides to move on. So stick to standard audit methods going forward, please. Sharon clears her throat. I'll reach out to City Hall and try to do some damage control. I'll let them know that DOI may be giving them a call. Evelyn nods. And Raymond, Stephanie, in the meantime, please do not reach out to Hell No, Taylor & Associates, City Hall, or anyone else about this audit under any circumstances. Wait for our direction, please. I look directly at Evelyn. Yes, of course. Good. Now, Raymond, Stephanie, please excuse us. Sharon and I have to make some phone calls. We exit the conference room and I close the door behind us. I want to be alone now, but Stephanie hovers behind me. Um, Raymond? Yes, Stephanie. My tone is not inviting, but she follows me to my cubicle. I stand at the doorway instead of welcoming her inside. Do you think, well... Her brow is crossed with concern. I mask my impatience as she struggles to complete her sentence. Do you think... She looks around nervously and lowers her voice to a loud whisper. Do you think Evelyn was telling the truth about not remembering the email? I considered this. Yes, actually. Evelyn does receive a lot of email. She looks down at the floor and turns an unbecoming shade of cerise. Then she looks up again, her expression pained. So, do you think I did the wrong thing when I brought up City Hall to the detectives and DOI? She waits expectantly for my response. And to my surprise, I feel my annoyance soften. No, I think you were brave. She emits a small gasp of surprise, relief, or both, and I give her a genuine smile. Now, if you will excuse me, Stephanie, I have a lot of work to do. It is nearly 3.30, too late for lunch, but I walk into the Junior's restaurant in downtown Brooklyn anyway and ask for a window table. I sit down and admire my perfect view of DeKalb Avenue. Brooklyn Justice Initiatives is directly across the street next to a Duane Reed drugstore. 
And on the other side of Duane Reed is the storefront office of Taylor and Associates. I skim the orange and white striped menu and order a black coffee with a slice of strawberry cheesecake. The waitress brings the coffee first. I sip it slowly and pretend to read my phone as I look out the window. A man and a woman exit the Taylor and Associates doorway. I position my phone against the window and take their picture. They walk in my direction and I am careful to look down as they pass. I do not recognize either. A woman walks out of the Duane Reed and enters Taylor and Associates. I zoom in and take her photo just as the waitress arrives with my cheesecake. The waitress eyes me quizzically, but I think quickly and point the lens at a pigeon on the sidewalk. I thank her for the cheesecake and show her my photo of the pigeon. She says you're welcome, smiles, and moves on. The cheesecake slice is of enormous proportion, which gives me excellent cover for lingering. The waitress refills my coffee twice. In this time, four more people walk in or out of Taylor and Associates, and I photograph each of them. Evelyn would not be happy, but I wouldn't expect her to understand. She's not a CPA. It is nearly five now. I pay my check, leave an adequate but unmemorable tip for the waitress, and walk towards the DeKalb Avenue subway stop. As I turn the corner, I notice a familiar BMW parked on Flatbush Avenue. I take a picture of the license plate just to be sure, then I walk down the station stairs to the R-Train platform. It is after six when I reach my apartment in Jackson Heights. Once inside, I immediately turn on the lights, lock the deadbolt behind me, and nod hello to my fish. With my coat still on, I walk to the kitchen and select two large shrimp from the freezer. I thaw them for a minute each in the microwave, drop them into the tank, and watch with satisfaction as my fish spring to life. I stand by the tank and scroll to my camera as my fish enjoy their feast. I pull up the photo of the BMW license plate and compare it to the one I photographed in front of the Hell No office on Monday. As I expected, the plates match. Next, I reach into my coat pocket and retrieve the business cards that I received today. I examine the only one that interests me, Vera Wong, CPA, Deputy Inspector General, Audit. I turn the card over and I see now that she has written, call me with an additional cell phone number in perfectly formed script. I feel a sudden thrill as I think through my options. Then before I can stop myself, I text her from my cell phone. This is Raymond Lee, CPA. When can we meet? She responds almost instantly. Meet me tomorrow, noon, at my office. Best, Vera.